Hello, wanderers from near and far, and welcome to episode 229 of the Nerd Stravaganza podcast, where this week we'll be discussing the impact of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit on this, its 79th anniversary. I'm Tom. I'm Brian. And I'm Cam. And as always, we remind you that only an orc would not give us all the dragon gold possible on iTunes in the form of favorable reviews and stars. Don't be a smaug or a... I don't remember what the stupid orc's name was from the uh, the named alerts or something from the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, movies. alerts was the was the the hatched one. That was dumb. That uh, Toriel was dumber, but that that might be second place for dumb. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that said, let's get on with our show in our usual fashion with our weekly geekly geekly weekly update, where we talk about our own journey through the wondrous lands of our recent past. Uh, we should have come up with like Tolkien-esque names before the show, but it's too late. So, uh, Brian the Beige, why don't you go first? Brian the Bard. I'll take that. <laughs> Brian yeah. the Bard. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, I, I, now that I've done it once, I, I kind of can't stop it. Uh, this this binging thing, you know, still haven't been feeling tip top. So I was laying around on the couch. Jesus Christ! Uh, Amazon Prime has so much more content than than i realized uh i i came across like mm. every single episode of star trek next generation is online free with amazon prime no way really yeah mm. yeah dude like seriously <laughs> that was that was kind of my response too like wow really and um I, I don't I don't know like I, I've I've always said I was not as into uh, Doctor Who as uh, everyone else is so I, I don't know about every single episode but um, the Eccleson seasons are like a collection on there and I think the the new guy uh, Capaldi right yeah yeah I think like there's a season yeah. a collection of his on there I, I i'm working through eccleson so i haven't looked for the other guys but i'm sure they're there too it looks like just just all of doctor who well i guess new who I, this may just break down along gender lines but i really liked eccleson's like inaugural season you know of the return of the show it was awesome and then they went um, to like hipster cute doctor number one and then hipster cute doctor number two i i kind of see why they were more popular but yeah i, I thought i thought he was a pretty good doctor he was great yeah and but i mean capaldi's my favorite like far and away i like the crotchety old gray hair yeah and that, it, it adds a different element you know honestly brian you'll 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 find i think that the the like hipster like drebo doctors will grow on you too as you watch the episodes they, they were pretty well done but yeah let, let me know how that goes I, i'm really glad you're you're finally uh going on a journey through time and space i uh yeah i don't know i i, I feel like one of those old men that dresses way too young like i feel like i shouldn't be binging like it's a, it's a, a younger generation thing <laughs> But apparently, uh, apparently it works for me. So, I think I think you're okay. It's been running long enough now that it technically happened when we could say we were younger, and that actually means something. So, yeah, I think you're fine. Um, been doing that. Been doing a little painting, which is actually really hard to show or um, link. But uh, that that's moving along nicely. Still, still trying like hell to find something to play on a 360 PlayStation four, whatever. I, I don't know. Like 
I, in, this is the same thing that happened with, with tabletop. I was really into tabletop for a while. And then I was just like, well, now I've played everything. So I guess I'll play some video games. And, and now I, I, I guess I played everything. I, I can't find <laughs> anything that holds my interest. And uh, a game I loved, I really loved the Witcher three. Yeah. But it, it, this will give me a chance just to speak out on like the idea of DLC. Now that there's these not really sequels available, like I can't, pick up my game and get back into it like I, I need to start over to play the dlc oh really like, like, like it's it's inserted into the main narrative it's not like a side thing or well okay so i beat the game and it says like let's just pretend you never did that and you know go about your world or whatever and then you can like stumble on the dlc but like I don't know. Like I, I forgot what I was developing, like where I was spending my skill points. And I forgot, honestly, like some of the minor characters, like was I friends with this guy or not? And I don't know. The whole thing just feels wrong to me now. It just feels like, I, I don't know. It does not feel like a new game and I don't really want to play the old game. So it, it's just, just not working for me. Like, Maybe if it was just like a brand new game, like I had to start over from level one, I'd enjoy the new quest. Or maybe if I really wanted to just like erase my character and start over, that would work for me. But I kind of don't want to do that. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of, of the concept of DLC. Mm. Yeah, that's... I'll actually get to that when I give my update to it, It's... um. Yeah, it's like inserting chapters at random into a book you're like halfway through. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I yeah, should yeah. have done what I usually do. I usually just wait for the game of the year edition where, you know, like it's old and cheap and everything's all together and then you can play it all at once. I, that, that's the way I, I normally do it. But uh, there was a huge sale on Witcher and like the Internet would not shut up about what genius it was. So I, I bought it too early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's it's it's probably it's economically way more sensible. And yeah, from a getting it all standpoint way more sensible to wait for all that crap to come out and, and you know I, I oftentimes i'll complain about like things that shouldn't be dlc like i love borderlands 2 but then like a week after the game launched there's like there's a dlc class it's an expansion and i'm like no you just you just took out one of the classes that uh. you should have given <laughs> us for free but whatever you know i guess you deserve a hundred dollars now for your game but uh, not not even that with with The Witcher because The Witcher like I really thought it was a very well packaged, well put together, like complete game. And I don't know they they didn't they they did a pretty good job with the DLC like price modules. And I think it's twenty five bucks, and it's been almost a year later, so it's it's very reasonable, but. I don't know, just just the whole concept. Like, I, I just really rather would have had the whole thing at once. Like, mm. yeah, I hear you. Yeah, it's kind of the state of the industry, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, sadly, and, uh, really, really sadly. You're not even exaggerating when you say a couple of years ago when we were playing Borderlands Two. I think I think we each spent like a hundred dollars on like all that crap by the end of the day. It, at the end of the day, right? Sixty dollars in a thirty dollar season pass, right? So yeah, ninety dollars yeah. on day one to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> Cam, do you know our pain? Are you a Borderlands fan? Eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I play. I, I I have all the. I played all the games, but like I. 
I wouldn't go back and play again. Oh, we'll we'll press you into like online play <laughs> when the new one comes out. Don't worry. Like as much as we're bitching, we're we're gonna plunk down ninety bucks and like force you to play. So get ready. All right. My my, my favorite is a little uh the little uh I, I don't I think I don't know if you remember. I had the shirt with the little uh the little robot guy on there. The claptrap. Oh yeah, yeah. The little yeah yeah the iconic yeah. claptrap. Yeah. His race was killed. Poor guy. All right. Anything else, Brian? Uh, yeah, one more guy. thing. I guess I should have thrown this in with Prime. Have you guys caught the tick? No. The live live action. Yeah, show the live doing action. Now? They they released. I guess like the pilot, and now they're doing like vote on which pilot we like develop. It's pretty the good. The tick was pretty good. Like, I think there's there's just some zaniness that you cannot possibly get in live action that like the cartoon had. So I wouldn't call it like a hundred percent authentic, but really, really good. Like spiritual successor, I guess I, I, I was, I was actually really impressed with that. One of my friends called like, Oh my God, you have to go see this hang up right now and go watch it and call me back. And I was just like, Oh God, he's, he's a little crazy. He's kind of on the money. I don't want to call him out, but I swear I know who this friend is. Every time you mention this friend, it's got to be the same friend. I, I do have more than one. I mean, oh, okay, all right. You might know, all you right. know, all of them, but <laughs> I, 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 it sounds like the the mo of this same yeah. friend. But I, I'll ask you after the show, so we're not like uh, you know doxing people on the air or whatever. Check out the tick. Vote for it. All right. Oh, you have to vote for it to get picked up. You well, mean? Well, yeah, because it's kind of it's kind of like Project Greenlight. They have a bunch of pilots, and they're going to pump money into like the most successful one. Okay. So, uh, I honestly I don't have any idea who it's stacked up against, but it is one of several, I suppose. Maybe one of the presidential campaigns will make it part oh, of their God. platform, and I'll get the tick greenlighted. <laughs> Speaking of voting, all right, anything yeah, else I'm you done? done? <laughs> all right, that was a good. Uh, you, you prefaced that before we started recording with, this was a boring week for me, but that turned out to be pretty Television and not playing video games. Um, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> the uh, travails of being a nerd. <laughs> Cam, I hope you can, uh, th- that's quite a high bar Brian just set, so hopefully you can. I, I don't think, I, I don't think I'll even come close to that bar, but uh, yeah, uh, my week was fairly boring. Um, I, you know, I've uh, been working for yellow doing a lot of we got a big uh big con coming up bgg con uh in a month or so and so just been prepping up for that um my new shirts were ordered which have my name embroidered on them and everything so uh so fancy so i was excited about that um and then you know the whole fervor of the iphone 7 that came out that was all you know the rage or whatever everyone's all excited about the iphone 7 and I was like, no, I'm not going to buy the iPhone 7. My 6 Plus is good enough, <laughs> totally fine. I'll wait. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll, I'll at, at worst, you know, I, I, I'll wait to the 7S comes out. Because you know the 7S is going to come yeah, out in yeah, a year, yeah. right? So, um, so I was like, I'll just wait for that and, you know, let them work out the kinks in the 7 and then, you know, whatever. I'll take advantage. So, I mean, literally, it's funny. It's the day that the iPhone 7 came out. <laughs> I dropped my phone. Uh, just, it destroyed the screen. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if you can see it. The screen is just mangled. I mean, it's like I'm cutting yeah, my cheek. Yeah, I know the I, feeling. Like that sucks. Um, yeah. So I was like, God damn it. So 
I went to the iPhone store, uh, or I went to the the AT and T store, and I was just gonna do like a, you know, I pay for that insurance or whatever every month, which is a total scam, but I do it anyway for whatever reason. And uh, I was like, all right, so I broke my screen, you know, what do I do? And they're like, all right, well. We, well, we can set up a claim for you. It'll be 120 bucks. The, you know, they'll send you a new phone. I mean, they do. They send you a brand new phone, which I guess is okay, you know. And they take your old phone back. And um, but he's like, you know, if you just take that new phone that we're sending you and you give it to us, we'll give you a brand new iPhone seven. Oh. And all you have to do is pay. The, all you have to do is pay the taxes. And then I guess what they do is, instead of doing this whole like, you know, how they they try to lock you into a contract yeah. for two years. They're not doing that anymore. Now what they're doing is if you trade in your old phone, as long as it's in semi, you know, in working order, they'll give you a credit for the amount of the new phone for the seven. So they're giving me like an $800, whatever, $650 credit, something like that. But they spread it out over two years. <laughs> so in order, to get, in order to get the full rebate or the full, you know, value of the phone back, they give you a, a, a you know they give you that credit pro rata for every month for two years or whatever so i was like ah oh, so that's how you're gonna get me for another two years now is you're gonna give me a new phone but you're just gonna give me a credit um but actually i, I didn't mind it so much because when you really think about it then you you don't have like a early termination fee where they charge you like 400 bucks or whatever you just i just won't get the credit back for the phone that i have and I, i'm sure i could just sell that phone or maybe even unlock it and move it to a different carrier or something if i had to or wanted sure. to you know so not that like I would ever do that FCC or whatever federal <laughs> government but, uh, or Apple. Um, but um, so, yeah, so that phone just absolutely my, my new phone just or my old phone just absolutely got shredded. And um, so but it's funny because when you I, I was calling customer care because I had some questions or whatever um, and I, I was actually trying to track when the new phone was going to be here and. There is an there is AT and T has an actual recording that says, um, okay, so if you need to return your iPhone, send it here. Um, <laughs> if you have a Galaxy Note, do not send it. <laughs> we back don't to want us. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like just just keep it basically. <laughs> so they don't want it like blowing up in the you know <laughs> exploding in the mail or catching on fire or whatever. So they're like just don't even send it back to us. Just hold on to it and we'll send you a new one or whatever. Yeah, that thing's uh um, that thing's a hazard. So, yeah, no, it's totally a hazard. So then they got me. So then AT and T got me on top of that for um. So they were like, oh, since you're such a valued customer and so you're such a, you know, you're buying the new iPhone 7, we've got a special deal for you, <laughs> for you. you know, let me, let me, let me, let me tell you what we got over here. And, um, so they sold me the iPad mini oh, yeah. for 50, for 50 bucks. The, the, the trick, is, the, 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 like, you know, the, the catch is I have to pay, uh, I had to get, of I course, yep, I knew plan, it, I knew it. Right. <laughs> so. So I agree to that and I buy it and then um, because I'm like thinking, oh, I'm super smart. I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to get over on them or whatever because I knew that like I have a – I'm still grandfathered in with the unlimited data plan from like – because I've been an AT&T customer since like 2007. And you're thinking the the tablet will just use that or something, right? No, no. Well, I knew – they already told me that you can't – you can't – uh, they're like, oh, you have the unlimited data plan. We can't add it to that. You have to have your own specific plan. It's ten bucks a month. Uh, and I was at the store, and there, I was like, all right, whatever. Go ahead, just add it, right? Thinking that, well, I'll just cancel it, and I'll set up my iPhone mm-hmm. as a hotspot. Mm-hmm. 
as a mobile hotspot and tether my right. iPad. Well, because I have the tether. unlimited data plan, Apple has a, Apple has remotely <laughs> disabled my ability to ho- make my phone a hotspot. Yes, yes, I. So I I cannot. Uh, you go to settings, right? The guy. You go to settings. You look at it. It's like okay, make make your phone a hotspot. I I push the button and a big message comes up and says, oh, there's an error. Uh, call call iPhone. You know, call Apple customer care or whatever. And I was, and I'm like, no way, no, this can't be right. I, I'm just thinking like, oh, it must be just like an error on my phone, maybe whatever. It's absolutely not an error. It's just disabled. Yeah, yeah, that's they will not let you tether because, and and they're within their rights. They say because you know when they unleash when they op- offer these data plans, the notion that you would be tethering and running your whole household off your phone potentially, What's right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I have to check. That. So. They got yeah, they did. They well, yeah. it's interesting. So you were you were paying for insurance, and then you made a claim, and then you ended up spending more money. It's like a win-win-win for them. Well, no, no, I didn't actually. Well, I, I spent more money on the iPad, but I didn't really spend more money on the phone because I spent what I would have spent to get the okay. new phone anyway. And then I'm just and then I'm just trading All that right. well new old phone in and getting the newer version for free. Basically, I just had to pay the taxes, which was like That's forty bucks or something like that. So, so for, I, I got a new phone for the taxes as long as I stay a AT&T customer for the next, whatever, next 24 months. years. Okay. I get you. No, I, I know the AT&T yeah, game. Yeah. I so I also have an unlimited data plan and, um, it was, it, it, man, it was like heaven. I bought like this, like cheap phone as an interim, um, when my last galaxy broke. And then before I got this galaxy right. edge seven that I have, not the note and, uh, it was like I had to call and have it like specially provisioned because like those data plans have to be like manually migrated depending on what type of phone you're using and so on, the unlimited data plans. But I haven't checked the Galaxy because being Samsung and probably a little more in bed with AT&T, they might have turned it off. But on my old, like more vanilla Android phone, the tethering option was there on the phone. But I've heard horror stories like they'll analyze your packets. And if they see like, hey, that looks like he's using a laptop, they'll like the, the, I've heard horror stories of them either telling you we're going to switch you or just flat flat out switching you to a capped plan because um, you like violated the terms of service or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the other thing that really hacked me off too is that uh, while I was there, then they try to get me, they, then they try to give me the hard sell on like switching my mm-hmm. data plan. Right. So they're like, listen, man, you know, we know you got the unlimited data plan but it's costing you this much. Your bill is X every month. If you get on this plan, we got the special plan where it's really, it still is unlimited data. We're going to give you 16 gigs. And, but even if you go over your 16 gigs, it's just going to be, you know, it's just going to be throttled or whatever. And you're already getting throttled on with your, with your unlimited plan. So why wouldn't you just pay less? But when you actually really analyze like what, what's going on, like, the the 16 they don't throttle me on my unlimited plan until uh i hit 22 gigs i think and and i never i never use that much data ever i mean i think the most i've ever used was like i went back and looked over like 12 bills and i think it was like 16 16 was the most i've ever used and it's typically around eight or nine a month and uh what they don't tell you and the 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 difference the guy was like giving me the difference in price (laughs) but he wasn't giving me the difference in price like 
with the taxes and fees and all that. So he's like, oh, you're paying X, X dollars where he was including the taxes and the fees and all that stuff. And he's like, but this plane's only going to cost you whatever. And I was like, well, what about the taxes and fees? And he's like, oh, well, that'll bring <laughs> yeah. it to this. And and literally the difference was like eight dollars. I was like, okay, so for eight dollars, you want me to give up my plan and like not have it? And I'm basically losing uh, uh, gigabytes a month because you know I'm going from twenty two to sixteen before you throttle me. No, no that's, way. get out of here. I've I've never heard a yeah. good case for switching to be honest with you, and I I yeah, make heavy sense. use of my data plan and plan to do so for the foreseeable future. Oh yeah, I don't even use like I could. To- I I turn off my Bluetooth on purpose. Uh, no, my Bluetooth, my, my wireless on purpose. When I'm- <laughs> like, like I just leave I I just leave my wireless off when I'm at home. I just use my because I'm like screw that. I I'm do too because I feel like I'm, I need to get my money's worth. Like it's it's unlimited. Damn it! It's exactly. a it's a Chinese buffet. I gotta have all the seafood. And and I mean, yeah. And like technically, I mean, why put another device on your home? network right. if you don't have to right, right. i mean and build towards yeah. whatever cap they so, have in place that they don't tell you about yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh and then they then they try to sell me then they're like well you we we have we have a new unlimited data plan but you have to get direct tv no. or uverse <laughs> uverse or something like that i was like no absolutely not so i can not watch tv when it rains like screw you uverse <laughs> might be a good option because that's like a wired solution but there's no friggin' way that i would i think it's uverse they're probably trying to sell you uverse internet and satellite <laughs> television and uh yeah, I'm, yeah the satellite is a no is a no way for me zero zero chance so yeah so that was my week basically dealing with at&t and Playing, playing tabletop games and that working. sounds like fun yeah i like how you just about oh, you know working for yellow you know <laughs> <laughs> no it's 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 been awesome man. it's only been a few you know officially a few weeks but uh it's been that's been cool awesome. man i'm glad i'm glad you're enjoying it um and i guess that brings it around to me i have not been working with yellow because i am not a lawyer and they have no use for my skills <laughs> 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 with you never know, man. Well, never find, know. find me a spot. I'll be happy to work with, work with you, Cam. <laughs> um, did a little video gaming. I'm back in Seattle after a quick whirlwind trip to Florida where I uh, I have my Xbox One down there, so I continued playing Batman Arkham Knight. I'm getting pretty close to that game, and I'm trying to get as many side quests done as I can, but there's always like the Riddler one where you have to find all these stupid trophies, and it's just too much. I doubt I'll do that. Um, but nearing, nearing completion on that game and really enjoying it. Uh, playing some more Kingdom or Kingdoms of Amalur on the 360. Brian, if you're looking for a game to play, you should play that. Or barring that, you should play Dragon's Dogma. Like they're they're both really good. It got you didn't care for Dragon's Dogma, but Kingdoms of Amalur, I can I can strongly recommend. And that should be cheaper, almost free on the 360 at this point. I, I think I finished that like two years ago. <laughs> you did? Yeah. I didn't realize that. We'll go back and play it again. It's great. I did like it. It was a lot of fun. Do Dragon's Dogma then. Ah, God, I gotta... I, I don't know. Like, I tried three times, I think, to start. I just can't can't get into it. Can't... I don't just know. Hi, just hire my pawn, man. She'll, like, totally, like, yeah. power level you. She's awesome. Um, all right. Well, those are my recommendations. Sorry you already beat Amalar, but that game's great. I'm enjoying playing that. Um. Let's see. Uh, oh, and then Dragon Quest Seven, Fragments of the Forgotten Past, which is really a remaster of an old game that was on the, I guess, PS1 back in the day, came out on the 3DS. And I never thought I'd play a protracted, like, 
JRPG on a handheld until I played Dragon Quest IX, Sentinels of the Starry Skies on the DS. And uh, I played all the way through that game. And now I'm playing all the way through this one. I, I, I can see myself playing all the way through this one. It's great. I, I really... Dragon Quest is linear and, and like predictable, but damn, I just really enjoy those games and I'm really enjoying this one. So uh, I would highly recommend that to anybody who has a 3DS that's looking to play a good RPG, a traditional RPG. That's exactly what it is. And it's it's been a blast. Um, apart from that, on the personal tech front, uh, my MacBook, which is probably going on six years old, it's not exactly new, I'm getting some weird behavior, especially when there's a lot of what I would assume are applications like using the hard drive for swap space. Um, it like just starts logging all this stuff to the logger and it's doing it so much like IO errors and stuff that then fit all the fans kick on. And then I check the logger and sure enough, you know, there's all this crap going, you know, indicating IO errors. And then um, I can no longer launch programs, save anything. Really, basically the hard drive becomes unwritable. And uh, I suspect... It's weird because the Mac, it's I have the Windows partition. The Mac OS is having these problems, but if I boot into Windows, I have zero problems. Well, that lives on a different part of the disk altogether, right? So I'm guessing it's a it's a problem in, with my disk. So I'm trying to either work out a way to fix that or uh, twist my own arm to justify buying a new computer, which is always a, <laughs> a tough sell. <laughs> hey, man, uh, you know, the holidays are coming up. I'm sure there will be many deals to be had. Yeah, and I think that the Gantz audience should buy me a new computer. For sure, we'll we'll do a GoFundMe. <laughs> uh, can you do GoFundMe for frivolous things like buy me a new computer? You can do GoFundMe uh, for I anything. I think they do every day. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not cute, so <laughs> uh, at least <laughs> at least uh, the type of cute that would get me a free laptop. So not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Yeah, that's it for me. It, it, that, that's that's it for me and newsflash i'm not cute <laughs> well in the way that would give me a laptop <laughs> speaking of news flashes <laughs> cam i think it's time for the news extravaganza. that was not one of my news stories tom and i don't agree with it you are super cute and uh i will, t- oh, I, I will tell anyone who asked that um thank you so getting to the news um let's sort of stay in that vein of uh cuteness um if you want to be cute and you want to be cool you can take advantage of nike's self-lacing shoes that are actually going to hit the stores on november 28th black friday Uh, i believe that's black friday uh the weekend of black friday anyway um you they are absolutely like supposedly like just they're supposedly like the real deal like they they you put them on they lace up and you're good to go uh, just like the Back to the Future movie, they're not the Back to the Future like they don't look like the Back to the Future shoes. They're they're going like a different way or whatever, but they do have the self lacing capability. And um, you know they're they're trying to do it. They're 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 trying to like not make it a gimmick. So what they're saying is, is that this is just a precursor or it's part of shoes that in the future will move and adjust like to your to your foot as you're doing things. So like if you're running like a, a trail or something like that, it will put pressure on certain areas that will like give you support where you need it. Or if you're like on different kind of terrain or you're, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're walking somewhere and there's, it's like an uneven grade or whatever, it'll like give you support. It's like real in real time, basically. You know what I mean? So it's, I mean, I guess that would be under, 
I guess that's a wearable, right? Like smart so shoes, yeah. Technology, yeah. They ought, they ought to have them integrate with like your fitness tracker or something too. Oh, I'm sure they. Yeah, I'm sure. I think they already do. Uh, I think some shoes do, or, or they have something you can just put on the shoe and it, it like syncs to your like whatever your little your either your phone app or whatever um, shows you how far you ran and did all that. I'm I'm checking them out. They look stupid to me, but I'll probably get them. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're they're all black, which is you know not bad. Looks like, and they have that little LED light at the bottom, which is kind of cool. I, the light, the light is what's selling. Me. I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> Any, what are these bad boys going to run? Uh, they don't say, but you have to make an appointment just to like, just <laughs> to propose on. to buy one uh, uh, or buy a pair. So yeah. I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming it's got to be. I mean, look, just a brand new pair of Jordans is like 150, 160 bucks, right? Some are even way more than that. Like the Kanye's and all those or whatever. Um, so these have got to be in the, I'd say maybe three to 500 range. I would think there's, that's just oh a, my gosh. that's just a total guess, but. And there's an interview process. Yeah. Like I'm going to roll in there with head to toe, like Nike gear, fitness bands, everything. Yeah. What's up? I'm all about the brand. Can I buy a pair? No, no, you're not the type we want wearing our shoe. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even like just go in and buy them. You have to like appointment only. That's crazy. No, that's fucked up. And you know you're going to get mugged. Like yeah, you're as totally you out, that. You're going to get shot. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So Those are cool. <laughs> so that's cool. Um speaking of other things made in China, um the Chinese have lost control of their Tiangong 1 space station. Did you like that uh, pronunciation I had there? Nice. Uh, that, that was authentic. Yeah, the, the, the Tiangong 1 space station, I guess, went up in 2011 and it's five years later now. Oh, by the way, Tiangong uh, translates to heavenly palace in, in Chinese, just so you know. Um, Great. And uh, apparently they've lost control of it and it is going to crash to earth at some point in 2017. Um, oh, great. Yeah, and they've lost control of it to the point that they don't even know when it's going to crash in 2017. They just estimate that that's when it's going to fall to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Is it going to like burn up like Skylab did or like is it going to like crash into Detroit? That's the problem is that it it is a of a size and mass that and uh you know make that it will not all burn up on reentry. And so as it gets closer to that date they're going to have to track to see where it's going to fall. Um I, wow. Yeah, it, I mean it's it, you know if you think about it, it it is a very low risk that it's actually going to hit land um let alone populated land just because of you know, it's, we're so dense, you know, the, the world is so much water or whatever, but, uh, it, it is a, you know, it is a risk that there is a, a, a portion of risk. So they're going to have to keep tracking it. And then, you know, cause they, they track, I mean, they track even like baseball size things, you know what I mean? Like uh, constantly. Yeah. So they know pretty much where anything of any sizes at any one given time. And they're just going to have to keep an eye on it until it uh, decides to start coming down. And then they're going to have to, uh, uh, they're going to have to figure it out. And if it's going to go to a populated area, wow. they're going to have to like, you know, have some kind of evacuation or whatever. I think they should like, this is good practice for when like a killer meteor comes. We should like come together and create like a, you know, a booster rocket that goes up and pushes it up yeah. into a good orbit again yeah, or something. Exactly. <laughs> like uh, Armageddon style. Or just go up and land on it. No, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> wear a helmet in 2017, I guess. I volunteer. Let's, let's, 
just was it Armageddon that had all the unqualified like oil drillers yes. who were going to go blow up the yes. yeah so we could we might as well volunteer I for know, that we're mission about as in good shape as they were I'm sure <laughs> yeah um, hey look paying no taxes for the rest of your life that's not bad it's not a bad deal <laughs> yeah yes um, so getting back to the cell phone uh, vein um, Apple is attempting to patent a paper bag <laughs> yes, they're, they are claiming that their paper bag is so awesome and so proprietary and so cool and so strong because of the way that they've constructed it. Um, they are they have filed for a patent um, because I guess they have these like special inserts and these special things. So it's so basically they're, they're what they're patenting is not the bag really, but the reinforcement mechanisms oh, that dear. they placed into the bag to keep it from like to make it as strong as possible. The eye bag. Yeah. It's the eye bag. Is this just is this just the stuff? Is this just the bag that you when you buy stuff at the Apple Store they give you, or is this like something they're going to sell? No, this is the bag that like they just hand you when you like buy your your iPad. <laughs> yeah, they do give you nice bags. I'll, I'll give Apple yeah. that. It's I mean it's mostly recycled materials, which is good for them. Um, and uh, but it's going to be patented, and so I mean, listen, if you're Apple and you've been ripped off as many times as they have, <clears throat> Samsung, you know, uh, oh, I, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I really actually can't blame them for wanting to patent any and everything that comes out of their R&D department. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the Samsung bag will catch fire. So you're not yeah, going to exactly. want that. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Samsung, so the Galaxy Note, if you are still wanting to buy one, even though it Mm-mm. is like, you know, a freaking mini bomb. Um, there's a way to figure out whether or not it is one of the explodey ones. Um, if you, <laughs> oh, good. if you look on the box, there's like, you know, how they have like the VIN, the oh, VIN number, they have like the serial number and all those little like, you know, proof of purchase and barcodes and all that stuff. If there is a little black square on that label, then you know, it's good. It's good to go. Oh, so black, okay. black square equals good. No black square equals potential Hiroshima. Little black like stick figure man with hair on fire means <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah. So if you must buy a Galaxy Note, make sure you're getting one with a little black square. Um, the um, the FAA is still mandating on flights, I guess, because the past two flights I took within a couple of weeks, they're still saying if you have that device, turn it off and don't plug it in and don't turn it on. I don't blame them, man. <laughs> I don't flight. want my freaking plane to go down because some asshole has a you know a, doesn't have an iPhone. <laughs> I got to check my Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, doesn't have, it doesn't have an iPhone. I like that brand loyalty. <laughs> no, but, um, um, if, uh, I, I, we're going to get into our topic soon and, and I'm going to, you know, I actually, uh, checked my, uh, checked out what my middle earth name would be. It's mm. Vombor, Lord of Eregion. Or would it be Eregion? Okay. I would think. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a dork. Vombor, Lord of Eregion. Uh, is my elvish name um but uh before we get into that if you want to own the harry potter house you know the one for the, nope. the one from the movie where he lived in with his crazy relatives that like you know were abusive and locked him in a closet and all that um it is actually on sale oh okay Prevet drive in surrey england is on sale uh and it is you can get it for the reasonable price of 475 pounds which is about 620 grand u.s so if you want to live in the Harry Potter house, you can own it. Just for all the passers, but well, just for all the visitors that would come up to your house at all hours to take pictures. Uh, I, yeah. Where do I sign up? <laughs> uh, England. <laughs> you got you to go over there and uh, <laughs> uh, 
gotta go over there and get a realtor, I guess. Hmm. And that I'd, I'd rather have the Goonies house, news. actually. The Goonies house would be much better, but then you gotta live in like wherever the hell they were. That was seemed like a. Where was it? Like lot, like like. Uh, Island, I've been there. Something? Yeah. No, it's in Astoria, um, Oregon, and it's actually really cool. It's in a, but a, yeah, Astoria, you get weird. New York. Oregon. Oh, Oregon, Oregon. Okay, I thought it was like yeah. northeast. Weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, th- so that's it. All right, that's the news. That's the news. I'm, I'm, I'm putting in Tom. Tom, I'm putting in your. Uh, what do you want to be? Do you want to be an elf? Do you want to be a dwarf? A wizard? Uh, what do you want? Your, what name do you want me to look up for you? Um, I guess I'll be your, your token. Your your, to- your Tolkien name. I can't be a Numenorian. No, they only have dwarf, elf, hobbit, or wizard. Um, I'll be a wizard. Be a wizard. All right. Let's see. So you are old Greybeard, Lord of the Va- of the Valar. Really? So Tom, old? Thomas, old Greybeard. <laughs> That's great. I don't. I don't know why they add old to it. it. Could just be Greybeard, Lord of the Valar, but right. It's kind of redundant. And Brian, mm. you would be. Uh, let's see here. Il Il Ilmer the Blue. If you were a wizard. But I know you. I know you tend to the elvish side. So the let's tall. see what your name would. You'd be Foros the Tall. <laughs> in Elvish. Tall or the blue? That's not very exciting. Which is hey, which is yeah. Which I don't know, but you are pretty tall. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be an elf now. Wait, I want to. Maybe that'll turn me into. What's my elf name? You want to be an elf name? <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, you would be Leguldor Serinde. Jesus, I just can't win. All right, never well, mind. I, I, let me shorten it to Tom. I, I had Thomas. If I maybe if I put Tom, it'll give you a different name. Oh yeah, Amil Ga- Amil Galith, King of Lorien. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you're, you're I'll the take king. that. Nice, nice. All right. All right. I would say I want to be a dwarf, but I want to be a dwarf from the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I don't want to be a dwarf <laughs> from. <laughs> well, if you were a dwarf, you would be Be uh, Bemly, son of Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Not bad. Not bad. We need to uh, we need to do an episode on that Dungeons and Dragons movie for the record, like on a bad movie night episode or something. Yeah. Have you seen that, Cam? Yes. You're talking about the one with uh, what's his name? Damon Wayans. Yes. Yeah. No, no that that's the second one. I've seen both. The second one and the then the original one, the one that like where the kid was like, I can wait. I can fly. The one we saw. Oh no, you're talking. Wait, the, the one we saw was a sequel. The crappy. The one with Jeremy Irons and Wayans and all that in it? The one with Wayans was like in the nineties, I think, right? And then there yeah, and then there's one yeah. there's one from the eighties where at like the end of the movie the kid's like, But I can fly. Like he thinks he's like in like actually in the Dungeons and Dragons universe or whatever. <laughs> oh Mazes and Monsters, <laughs> yeah, 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 that yeah, is, yeah, right? So. Yeah, yeah. No, this this Dungeons and Dragons movie is actually set in a Dungeons and Dragons setting. It's not about like it's not about the eighties D D scare. But uh if they, if they actually wanted to put D&D out of, out of business, they should have made this in the 80s because, wow, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what's sad is that, like, uh, what's his name? Marlon Wayans? I think it's Marlon Wayans, not not Damon Wayans that was in that movie. Right? There's like eight, eight, eight of those yeah, guys, yeah, so I don't know which exactly. one's which. But I think it was Marlon Wayans. But it, what, what's sad is he's actually a really good actor. Jeremy Irons is no slouch, dude. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh my god that's true it's just a bad movie altogether it was was it Dungeons, it was dungeons and dragons brian right where the, there was a and this is by the way a perfect segue into tonight's topic um 
But it was Dungeons and Dragons where like one of the bad guys is like, just like you thieves, always stealing or something stupid like that, isn't it? Always taking that which isn't yours. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is the definition of a thief. <laughs> oh. you, you gotta, just like just poor writing. Just like you wizards always casting spells. <laughs> well, yeah, that's kind of what I do. Oh, man. All right. Well, anyway, that's a perfect segue into tonight's topic because while I would never lay that atrocity at Tolkien's doorstep, uh, he did inspire the sort of modern mythology that inspired Dungeons and Dragons, which somehow inspired that awful movie. And on this, the 79th anniversary of the first publishing of The Hobbit. Am I correct, Brian? Yep. Okay, we thought we would kind of just discuss really the impact it's had uh, on, on really on pop culture, on fantasy, on whatever we want. But basically, and then maybe what impact, uh, how it impacts us, maybe something personally that it inspired that is a big part of our lives. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree when you think of fantasy nowadays, it, it is all still very much informed by uh, the universe that Tolkien built, starting with The Hobbit and then with The Lord of the Rings after that. Things have kind of become, I'd say in the last 10 years, there's low fantasy, which is um, Sanderson, Martin, a couple of others where it's not, you know, elves at every corner and dwarves and magic and everything. But everything that is high fantasy is owed to Tolkien. For sure. See, I'm glad you mentioned in the first uh, observation you made, Martin, because I think he's just like holding back, like he's just holding back the high fantasy and we're about to get a huge high fantasy deluge. Um, Cause you know, uh, a Song of Ice and Fire has stayed pretty medieval without a, without too much magic. Like there's just been magic around the edges, and now dragons have been introduced and so on. But it's about to go full blown high fantasy, I think. And he can call his children of the forest, you know, something other than elves, all he wants. But come on. <laughs> um. But yeah, I haven't read these other. But but you're saying these others that they, they don't. It's not like constant fey creatures and monsters. That, that's kind of what distinguishes the genres, Brian. It's called high fantasy. I really think it's high magic. Even even in even in Martin's more magical moments, there's a miracle or two. It's not a world shaped by magic. Mm, okay. I mean. Not knocking it in any way, but it's pretty much medieval England. And then, like, there's, like, three or four wizards running around. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Um, It's almost like he's dragging medieval England into the fantasy version of medieval England. Like, as as the story progresses, right? It's like... Like, what we all wish would happen in the real world. (laughs) But I... Do you agree that Martin wouldn't even be in the position he was in today? Well, there's there's no telling how the timeline would have unfolded, but he has Tolkien to thank for... Oh, I absolutely believe so. I mean, I absolutely believe so. I mean, I'd take it a step further. I think, I mean, anyone in, like, not even just a fantasy, but a sci-fi, I mean, almost any genre that's not like, you know, 
you know, any basically almost any genre like has some sort of roots in in Tolkien. Not Western and not like actually strict sci-fi. Everything else, yeah. I, I agree with you 100. percent Like like even, even Star like Wars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Star Wars. I'm, I'm sorry. Romance has a lot of, you know, like magical moments in it and a lot of like you know like fairy queens and you know floating citadel princesses and yeah yeah it definitely has an influence they'd probably be writing like pirate epics without him so i guess it would still be around but heavily heavily influenced wasn't there a backlash in the literary community around once it gained popularity, I think especially in through the sixties and so on, there was like this, had this crazy cult following weren't people kind of deriding it as like trash and not true fiction and so on well, and so forth. And, and kind of, um, I, I was actually reading this just because it was a little bit of uh you know, chatter about it on, on today. I mean, today is actually the anniversary. The, the Hobbit is straight up called the children's book. Uh, I, it seems like a pretty sophisticated children's book to me. Um, does, it have, does it have an age ra- an age range in parentheses on it somewhere? Like, great for ages seven to nine, or I don't think that was pertinent in thirty nine, thirty thirty seven. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was not intended for discourse you know, water cooler talk. It, it was meant for like kids to play with. At least, at least the publisher intended it as such. Like I, I, I won't say Tolkien didn't have higher expectations of it. At, at what age do you think a kid could even grapple with it and absorb the story? I, I know, I know Lord of the Rings is more, is denser and a little, a little tougher to read, I suppose. But I, I don't imagine like an eight year old sitting down and like, yeah, I totally get this. I, I mean, get enough of it, I guess. I mean, he, he could he, he get enough of it to know that the ring makes you magical and that swords are cool. I mean, yeah, me, it's one of those things where you read it once and then you read it again later and you get so much more out of it than you did the first time. Absolutely. Like I read it when I was young. And then when I read it again, when I was older, I got so much more out of it. I mean, I loved it even then as a kid, but you can't fully digest and understand every single little nuance, you know? But then as you read it again and again, you you see not only just not even just what's blatantly on the page, but even things behind the you know, behind the words and the, you know, the issues and some, you know, a few issues he was tackling and things like that. It's uh I I mean, I I I've read it probably four or five times. How young were you the first time, Cam? How old? Uh, I wasn't eight. I would say I was 12, 11 or 12. But when I was eight or nine or whatever, I had like what what, what got me to read the actual book was when I was when I was around that, like, you know, pretty young age. My parents had gotten me this like sort of like a sing along thing. Like it was like an actual like it was it was like a book, but almost like like a graphic novel of of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And it, it came with like this like cassette tape. And you played the cassette tape and it would like make like um, uh, it would have like music and sound effects that you read <laughs> as you were like that that came on as you were oh, as right. you were reading the book or the graphic novel or whatever. And uh, that was freaking awesome. And I love I wish I still had that thing. I should look on, yeah. e- I'm look on eBay for it right now. <laughs> Shit. 
<laughs> I, nostalgia. I think I remember those. I remember like Dungeons and Dragons versions of that too, where like you'd play the tape along with the book. Yeah. I guess it was to make reading seem more interesting or something. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, it, it, it worked for me. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it really made it like, I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. And then like, as I got older and I was like, Oh man. And then I actually read the actual book and I was like, man, this is really cool. And then just, I don't know. It was, it, it was very successful in getting me into it. Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting gateway. I think, my gateway into the Hobbit and Tolkien was probably like derivative works, you know, that I encountered later. Um, not least of which was Dungeons and Dragons and like the zillions of uh, fantasy novel- novels that came out under the TSR banner. TSR had a stranglehold on that. Um. They really did. Yeah, they, they, I mean, Dragonlance obviously stands out as like, for me, like kind of a pretty, pretty huge series i really need to go back and read that to see if it's as good as i remember i suspect it's not what about you brian did you was your first exposure via something derived from the hobbit or did you kind of back in and like i did through derivative works pretty pretty close i mean i wouldn't call it derivative but i think it was a sunday night program i want to say like a sunday night like 8 p.m like family program and I think they did like, you know, the world of Disney at seven and then they, they would always do like, you know, Pete's dragon or, or something like that, like really kid friendly, um, movies, uh, at, at eight. And they did, um, I honestly, I think Leonard Nimoy was actually in it. Um, it was called flight of dragons. You remember that? Oh yeah. I it remember was, that. Yes. Yeah. Where the dragons got, they were like blimps. Yeah. Yeah. They were kind of like bloated and they like could actually like kind of swim through the air, but it was a, I mean, it, it was about like a, a modern academic, like getting hit, hit in the head and waking up in, you know, dragon land or whatever. And it was kind of an, an effort to iron out everything with science. Like they were gaseous so they could float and they actually, um, dragons chewed ore, which created like flint in their mouth. So, so the, like the gas would like spark on the way out and, and conflagrate. That's how they breathe fire. And like this academic, like got in a fight with like a wizard at the end. And, and he actually won by shouting like calculus at him. I, it was weird, but that's what made me think like dragons were super duper cool. And and after that, like just, just everything, like all of the, I, I actually liked uh, forgotten realms a little bit more than, than Dragonlance. Dragonlance, I think will hold up. I, I'm predicting when you reread it, but uh, I don't know. Uh, there was so much more forgotten realms available that, uh, that I got into that. And then all that stuff led me back to, um, Tolkien, especially, and, and God, I hate to say this because no one should have this image of Tolkien, but, uh, the, the animated pictures, the, the Ralph Bakshi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll cop to that too. I enjoyed that when I was a kid. It was only when I saw them after having read the actual, uh, books that I was like, Oh, uh, so they did the Hobbit and then they did two Lord of the Rings. Movies, yeah. They right? did the three books and two movies. Was The Hobbit pretty faithful? I mean, I, I feel like that could have been captured in an animated movie 
fairly faithfully. I know the the, the later that was the one awesome. with like the ice dancer Legolas, wasn't it? Like the ice <laughs> skating, he had like know. like glittery white skirts on, and <laughs> I don't think it was very. Um, not Legolas, obviously. It would have been could an elf. Have sorry. Well, it was the one that was the. Oh, okay. Now, now it's all coming back. That was the one with the Thranduil, who was like a crazy goblinoid creature with a star crown, who just like cackled and stood on his throne or something. Oh, he was actually wearing. He wasn't he wearing a tree trunk? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, tree trunk armor, like an actual tree trunk, just wrapped. Yeah, no, that was not very faithful. Oh, that was terrible. That was. Now I'm thinking about it. That was just awful. <laughs> He's getting them mixed up with Thor and Oakenshield, maybe. Well, yeah, I, I'm glad that you 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 brought that up, Cam Thor and Oakenshield, because that got me thinking now of the movie. So we had like a bad animated adaptation, and then we had what for me started off as a good live action um, adaptation. I did not mind the first of the three Hobbit movies, and I, the other two I just kind of. I, I don't know how on earth they got so off track. The first one yeah. was great. Yeah. And then you guys, <laughs> things you guys, went you, sideways. You guys don't like the the Lord of the Rings, though, movies, do you? They're all yeah, right. They're, they're good. I enjoyed those for what they were. They were, were they 100% spot on? No, but I mean, right. they got the broad strokes. They right. weren't as just like egregiously yeah. different as yeah. The Hobbit was. I was going to say, I, I yeah, because I, we've talked about it before. Like, I, I mean, I really liked them. I thought they were great. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously were they spot on? No, you're exactly correct, Tom. They, they, they weren't faithful, you know, a hundred percent to the book, but I mean, I thought, I mean, if you go back and look and watch them, cause I actually just watched them with my fiance, uh, a few, few weeks ago and I think they still hold up. I mean, and those movies are what, 10, 15, 12 years old now. Yeah. Something uh, like that. Even, even with like, you know, all the new CGI and stuff like that, those movies are still really good, you know? So, um, and I was watching it on my 4k, uh, we watched it on my 4k TV and like, you can't really even tell, you know, where the CGI is and all that stuff. So I enjoyed them, but you're then the first Hobbit movie. Yeah, it was good. But the number two and number three were stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> to be, to be. I, I think, I, I think the Lord of the Ring trilogy is what set me up to be disappointed because, I mean, overall, like, I definitely have some complaints. Like, I really did not like, um, like, simpering Gandalf at the end of Lord of the Rings. But overall, they were they were great movies. And for for what what was Hobbit 2 even called? I don't know. Um, Desolation of Smog? Yeah, the Desolation of Smog. Yeah, that's right. That, th- for that to go so, I mean, ninja or like, yes. <laughs> speaking of tree stump armor, this guy was wearing a barrel. Like, <laughs> oh. And I liked how like one of them like jumped up like on a trampoline to like the bard's house, and Legolas I think like <laughs> cut his head off like, like yeah. cartoon style. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I, I think the I think actually the. <laughs> His head was like balanced on his blades. He was like blinking, like "Uh oh, I'm dead." Yeah, yeah. the 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 whole escape from Thranduil's domain, um, yeah, where like the one fat dwarf like goes into a barrel and just as like the whirling dervish, like oh god, it was so stupid. It was really stupid. And uh, it 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 has so little to do with her actually being a female, but yeah, that elf really drove me nuts. 
Tariel. What sucks too is because I really love the actress Evangeline Lilly. Like I love her, love her to death. She was you know Star of Lost. She was an Ant Man, whatever. But phew, it's hard. Like it's like a little bit tainted now because she was Tariel. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess you're, you're supposed to like just embrace and love Tariel because she was the answer to the blatant sexism in uh, in in the Hobbit. You know, Tolkien didn't have enough strong female characters, and rather than just accept that as a fact of life at the time when it was written, we have to like re-engineer things. Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's it's. I mean, not, not as bad as Lovecraft, but I mean. Tolkien was pretty racist himself. Like, I mean, like not just not just racist towards women, but like, toward, I mean, everything white <laughs> is good, and the orcs are the, the orcs are black. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, everything black is bad. Weren't the wicked men uh, black too? Actually, yeah, the guys yeah, from yeah, the guys from saying. Paradrim or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and and I like I said, I did love the movies, but even to kind of like give the movies a hard time, I guess, like. If you really think about what the orcs look like, um, what was it, Lutz, Lertz, the one we were talking Lertz, about? Lertz, whatever. Like, Lertz. Uh, um, I mean, he looked like a black dude with dreads. You know what I mean? If you really think about the I, movie. You know, I, I probably I, I probably shouldn't make fun of this or whatever. It, it went around a couple of years ago, and it's, it's undeniable. You remember the dude after Katrina that was, like, photographed on every fucking n- newspaper that he was he was stealing the like cart of beer like a crate of beer yeah yeah so somebody painted like the white hand on his face it he looks exactly like lurks yeah. like <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying it's like so i mean and obviously that's peter jackson i mean those are the movies but like even if you look at just the, the written works of, of tolkien i mean it's kind of racist too but you know uh, it's it's just a different time man you can't you can't God, man, and and I'm all for gender equality. I'm all for racial equality, but some things you can't just shoehorn in because you want to come off as being more socially uh, sensitive. I guess you know. I mean, I thought Gladriel was plenty representative. Like that, that's about as strong a female character as you can get. I mean, she goes toe to toe with fucking Gandalf. And in, in the original trilogy, like Arwen, I mean, you know, that, that isn't not what he intended for the character, but th- that's good for a film. Yeah. And she was pretty badass too. I mean, she like freaking, you know, caused that big wave to come and mess up the, uh, the wraiths. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that that's very, <laughs> wasn't poor Glorfindel is simply written out of the story. So Arwen can have a larger role. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, I thought that was pretty good service to like the strong female character thing. Aggrandizing Gladriel was was perfect. Like just creating that Mary Sue was just too much. Like it was silly. It was silly. Yeah, it, it, it really was. I, I didn't. I thought I thought that was dumb. But um, I guess we kind of have veered into like an interesting point of view. So 79 years ago a writer from European, you know, from Western Europe uh, wrote from a Western European perspective with all of the probably invisible to him at the time biases uh, that came with that. And really 
the question is, are you allowed to enjoy that for what it is? Or does it have to be like modified to, to jibe with current, with present day sensibilities? And, you know, we, we, but by, if Tolkien, I mean, by today's standards, Tolkien seems racist, but was he, or was he a product of his times? Like I, I, this is something that drives me crazy in general, but especially with media, I mean, do you really expect somebody from writing something in 1939 to write it with the same like eye towards inclusiveness and political correctness or however you want to put it that somebody today would? Of course not. And, and that's, and that's where it comes down to. So, okay. So what are the options? You either portray it as it is and just accept that that was what the, what it was during that period, like what the mentality was, I guess, or do you bastardize it and make it into something that it is not, you know, or it, and I mean, it seems like Hollywood's made that choice pretty, pretty easily. Yeah. I, well, with the Lord of the Rings, not so, I, I think not so much, but with the Hobbit more so, which is interesting because Jackson had so much more cachet having like made them zillions of dollars with Lord of the Rings. And I'm surprised that they, they like strong armed him into like shoehorning in a, a made up character like that. Yeah. I mean, I think he's even like come out and, and, and uh, admitted that he kind of lost control of the production basically. I mean, I, I, I know he's, he's said, I don't think he's like directly said like anything about Toriel or whatever, but he's definitely said that he mistakes were made and he wasn't as focused on as focused on it as he should have been. He's working on King Kong too. Oh God. <laughs> I actually liked King Kong. I thought it was Jack fine. Black. <laughs> I, I just, I just don't like Adrian Brody. Which I don't. Is that the uh, was that the good guy from that? Yeah, the like you know the main guy. The yeah, he's he's got a weird like ratty kind of yeah, face, yeah, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely. So, something about him. Yeah, I'm not gonna say he's punchable. He's just kind of like I don't I don't want to follow you anywhere. <laughs> like I, I like I'd rather see Littlefinger than him, the actor that. <laughs> the Littlefinger little actor, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're kind of comparable. They both have that kind of ratty face, but I like Littlefinger. You know, I, I like the actor that plays Littlefinger better than him. I feel like the other guy, Brody, like he has a nor he has what should be a normally proportioned face with like rat features, whereas the Littlefinger guy just has a full on rat face, but it's all in proportion. Right. That's that's for sure. <laughs> and then like the um, they also he's he's been in like just weird weird movies too. Adrian Brody, like he does like these like. I think he did like the pianist or something like these like period piece like dramas. But then like then they try to put him in movies like that. And then they put him in like I think he was in like an alien versus predator movie. He was like the the the, the hero or what or whatever. The the main guy in, in that the one AVP. Yeah, the one where they dropped him in onto like an alien planet yeah. or whatever. They, yeah. 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 To be prey or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I shouldn't. I should. Meanwhile, the guy is awash in adoring ladies. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure. So yeah, and, I'm sure he's probably great. So is Littlefinger. So he's probably a great guy too. We're just bagging on him, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll stack my groupies up to yours any day. Yeah. Any day, dirt extravaganza. <laughs> exactly. Your name says it all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You three pig faces have some have some nerve. Yeah, <laughs> I might be a red face, but you guys got pig faces. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. So speaking of uh, the Hobbit and how far afield it went, I think we went a little too far afield there. Um, but yeah. well, speaking of far afield, um, something I sort of wanted to bring up, but and it's related to the uh, Tolkien. Well, anyway, you know his estate, right? 
they must be raking in tons of cash because there's so many movies, board games, video games, like, you know, there's so much merchandise that's, you know, associated with that. Um, and it's actually something that's hits sort of close to home for me because I plan on, uh, if my wonderful, beautiful, amazing companion fiance will allow it, uh, having the one ring as my wedding ring once we get married. Mm. And those are, those are a thing. Like you can buy that as a thing, right? Um, and you can buy it in gold. You can buy it in silver, platinum, white gold, whatever you want. Um, but I guess the, (laughs) the, uh, the estate of Tolkien sued some poor Melbourne jeweler, Melbourne, Australia, um, because he was producing these. Uh, oh my. I mean, there are hundred, there, there are tons of tons of companies and people that are producing those things, but apparently they just went after this one guy and like, just basically just knocked the shit out of him in court. And, uh, the poor guy is like, I, I don't know if he's going to be bankrupt, but he, he has to pay him like a ton of money. Um, because I guess he's produced, uh, let's see. And he didn't even produce, he wasn't even producing like the precious metal ones. He was just producing like sort of like knockoffs that you can like, right, you know, yeah. like fake metal or whatever, just fake ones that people can wear or have, you know, whatever. And, uh, he was selling them on eBay and I guess he sold them, uh, I don't know, maybe he sold uh, a couple thousand of them, you know? And so now, now the estate is coming in and saying, well, we want our cut of what, you know, however many you sold, you, you got to pay us. That is awful. Honestly, that is wow. Yep. 79. Well, I know, they must be raking in money because I know no theme park can seem to entice them to use their property. And I think both Disney and Universal have approached them and they were just like, no, we're too busy. We got, we're, we're raking in money from suing small time jewelers. We don't need this. Yeah, that is actually a good point. I never, I didn't even think about that. I mean, like, wow. How awesome would like a middle earth section of like Disney be or like Universal It'd Studios? It'd be insane. How amazing would that be? It would be insane. If they gave them, if they did the same level of detail and quality they did with Harry Potter, it would be insanely cool. But you know they're gonna have the, the barrel ride, right? <laughs> that their, 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 their water flume ride is gonna be the barrels, right? You know, you know that that's. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be based on the on the current properties, and I don't even know who owns those. And oh my god, yeah, you're right. But they could never do mind. So Let's many, not do it. They could do so many cool things with like the roller coasters or whatever, like dragons or, or wizards or whatever. Like, I mean, god, that would be so awesome. Like they could have like the you can ride the Tower of Sauron, you know what I mean? Like something like that. Oh yeah, you could ride Smaug. Yeah. Hopefully it won't be like the Doctor Doom. Doctor <laughs> uh, <laughs> Doctor Doom sometimes doesn't work. Doom drop. Yeah. Yeah. It could be like the Harry Potter ride, like the new modernized Harry Potter. That that would be killer. Like just ride yeah. a fell beast around Middle Earth. If you if Universal got that and put that in their parks as well as they they would have like. I mean, they'd be very well positioned to fight Disney on the Star Wars front. Or even the Eagles. You could fly around on the Eagles. You know what I mean? And they actually just, they make live, they breed giant eagles to fly you around the park. Yeah, that'd be be like a cross with Jurassic Park. Speaking of, how come come no one's made a Jurassic Park? What, cloning the dinosaurs Mm. and stuff? No, I mean like, like, just like a dinosaur thing. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like you, they're missing the freaking train by not making a like actual jurassic park well yeah, islands I, of adventure has that shitty area yeah. i mean they kind yeah. of did but they just so low budgeted it yeah I, yeah and that 
that ride was the worst too. You just like sat on it and just went around, went around, and then just had like one drop and that was it. The T-Rex with the garbage can jowls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like they, they have undercapitalized on that. I think, yeah, they could you they could have had you enter Jurassic Park and like got around and could have been cool. Like a nature walk with dinosaurs menacing and stuff would have been really cool. They should let us run the place. Should. We would run it right into right right into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I have a final question, Kevin. You may be able to answer this one. So the Tolkien estate is so haughty and they refuse to license to theme parks and they sue jewelers. It's been 79 years. How long before they like lose rights to, I guess the Hobbit would go first, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not an IP lawyer, so I don't know exactly when it becomes public domain. But I, I think, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think that there are ways to sort of stem that, that, that time period. You know what I mean? Like, I think um, possibly like republishing it. Ah. Re-ups. Re, re I, I don't, uh, you know, again, I am not, a, I'm not an IP lawyer. I'm, I'm not a trademark or copyright or anything that kind of lawyer. So I have no idea, but I'm assuming they have the best in the business working on it for them. And I'm sure they are stretching that time period out as long as possible. Sure. Living off, living off the uh, creative endeavors of their ancestor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would shit. I mean, why not? I mean, I would too. I would just feel at a certain point, like kind of useless if I hadn't done anything myself, but, um, yeah, yeah. I know, <laughs> They're probably taking it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I would live with my guilt somehow. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but they're probably taking a page out of Disney's playbook where Mickey Mouse is, you know, getting getting on in years, but they've kind of integrated the Mickey Mouse icon into their brand such that they're inseparable. And they apparently, I was reading an article to this effect. Apparently, they, that gives them a strong case for claiming exclusivity over that because it's part of their brand. Um, something crazy like that. So yeah, I don't know. They'll, they'll just they'll like make a caricature of Gandalf and start using him as part of their brand. No, he's he's crucial to the, the Tolkien brand. We can't get rid of him. <laughs> Gandalf Mouse. <laughs> anyway, anything else? Uh, we just, we've discussed inspirations. We've discussed uh, directions. Some of well, we've discussed things that the Hobbit and later works inspired, both good and bad, and uh, a number of other topics that branched off are there anything else to discuss before we call it a journey just uh just on a google search here so again this is not like legal or whatever i i'm just looking looking up somebody wrote something here that um except for unpublished works by authors who died in 1942 no copyrights expire in the u.s today Oh, so under current law, Americans still have to wait six more years before any more copyrights of published works will expire. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, it seems plenty of time to change the laws. Yeah, and then I guess it's more significant in Europe and stuff like that, where they have a little more draconian laws. Like somebody's still somebody is still getting royalties off Beethoven or something, or <laughs> no? I mean, like I think it's like it, it goes the it goes into public domain quicker. I think over there. Okay, I mean, I don't. I, I have mixed feelings about that. We could discuss this another time, but damn, at a certain point, like you invented blue, how much more money do you want out of blue? <laughs> What's the use of blue if nobody else can use it? <sighs> All right, anything else? All right. Then I, Tomaldar the Blue, <laughs> remind our listeners that I will cast a dread spell on you if you do not. Check us out weekly via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. 
Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circle, and join the Nerd Stravaganza Fellowship on Facebook. Ride your stag on over to nerdstravaganza.com and check out our <laughs> brand new website. <laughs> Hop in a barrel and roll on over to YouTube Ooh. and check out all of our video content. And shoot us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com and tell us what favorite author, uh, what, 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 what work of your favorite author is. Terrible alliteration. <laughs> and with all that said, uh, Brian Dorf, the great. Take us away, Dorf. I can't say God. Frodo of the Nine Fingers. <laughs> you remember that stupid song from the movie? Uh, uh, it was like such a '70s style, like they had yeah, that, it was like, like a warbly, like a <laughs> yeah, the shaky voice. Also, Leonard Nimoy. That's hilarious. Yeah. Was he singing yeah, that? Funny. Oh my! I, I, now I feel bad. Well, at least you didn't sing where there's a whip, there's a way. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. And, and just and, and one, just so we're not being gender biased, if you if you want him, come and claim him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, Arwen, uh, cheesy line. No, that was not Nimoy. N- Nimoy was Bilbo Baggins. Oh, who sang Frodo? Yeah. Uh, some dildo sang that song. <laughs> Bro, no. You have to like you have to like jiggle your voice box. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, you're like gargling. Oh. <laughs>